We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. mailbag time so let's dive into the mailbag ryan we do have some super chats we don't have a lot of mailbag questions so if you do have some questions go ahead and get those in there now and we will bring those up we're having some issues with the chat today uh it's a stream yard issue oh so uh ryan i'm gonna have to occasionally i don't know if you can open your chat back up and see if if uh the last one for you is at two o'clock because the last one for me is at two o'clock. I know there's more coming because I can see them on the the actual last live one for me feed. One fifty four. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be a bit of an issue. So we yeah. are going to try to get that fixed. But good old Streamyard coming through for us once again. Uh, so we'll we'll try to we'll try to get to some of these questions. But some of these are just not going to show up. We do have a let's get things started here, Ryan, with a super chat from Raymond Harton. Raymond's question said, well, just might be a comment. Thank you so much, Raymond, for the super chat. Just showing support. I don't normally ask this kind of thing, but I would like to ask for prayers for my family and those in my area. We are in the direct path of the hurricane. Thank you and go Irish. Yeah, for all, I mean, I know you aren't alone, Raymond. And uh, was it Idalia? Is that, that's the name of it, right? Idalia. So, yeah. Definitely stay safe. Listen to your local authorities and what they're telling you to do. Obviously, this is not their first rodeo. So just be safe, man. Uh, and we'll be praying for all you guys down there, guys and gals down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Scary, man. Very yeah. Scary stuff. Tom Connor with the super chat. Tom, thank you so much. He said, love IB and especially Vince. Absolutely. Oh. What about Ryan and, and Brian? Yeah, and Vince needs it more right now than Ryan. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Alan Watson with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Alan. I know it's only been one week, but this is, an, is the offense I thought we were getting when Brian Kelly first arrived. What, if anything new, would you like to see? I don't know if I would like to see anything new. I, I, look, I'll say this. I know that there's stuff in their run run game repertoire that they didn't get to against Navy that they honestly didn't need to. Uh, and you guys will, I think, see more of that on display this weekend. Just the nature of how Navy plays with their heavy edge pressures, Ryan. A lot of Notre Dame's runs were designed to get inside of it. The inside zone is a hit, quick hitter inside of it. The duo is a quick hitter inside of it. And even the counter play 
the way that they were blocking it with the kick out and the double wrap, they were trying to split inside of it. They were trying to basically kick out the edge pressure and be able to crease inside of it. First two they did. Uh, the last one they didn't, they went minus one. I thought the second and third time they ran it, the backs, so, and, and one of our uh, people on the message board mentioned this too, but I thought it was a very astute observation. The backs got a little bit impatient on that run. Like Audrick Estime got downhill before like Rocco Spindler did. And that wasn't sure. on Rocco. That was on, on Audrick for not letting the time up. Cause he actually, and he ended up having a big play because the, the nature of the play, they still were able to get inside of the edge pressure. But there's some other stuff that we've seen. I can't get into specifics, but I think you guys will see it this week, most likely, that because it is a more traditional offense, Ryan, we'll see some different concepts. Yep. You know, offensively, what else do I want to see? I, you know, I want to see a few more shots outside. I know they like to do it. Navy was leaving the middle of the field open against them this past week, and they took it. So I, I'm not a believer in forcing things, but I think this week, Ryan, against Tennessee State and how they cover – uh, when you see the too high stuff, if they stay too high, they're too man, you're going to want to continue doing what you've done, which is attack the middle of the field with the inside seams and posts and some of the high-low stuff. But you will get some single high against Tennessee State. And when you do, especially on first and second down, I do want to see some outside shots. And if you can win those outside shots this week, I do. Th- I, I understood your example, Ryan. I, I just think that if you are able to, to win convincingly and I think your point wasn't that not it's not that you're not beating them that's impressive. It's like if you just do it sloppily and just out town them, you didn't really learn it's anything. How you're beating them. Right. It's how you're beating but them. I think right. if you beat them the right way, these are good these are good corners, right? I mean, yeah. I just they're they're good players, and so uh, that'll tell us a little something. So I just want to see some some wins outside this right. week down the field. That would and that's not new. That's just that. They didn't need that last week, and, and I don't think right. they should have forced it just to just to get reps at it. This week, those opportunities will be there for the offense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, middle t- uh, Bryce Phillips is a much more comparable player to Shaheen Battle and Aiden White off of NC State than like what Navy had last week, right? Yeah. Like they just didn't have those type of athletes outside. So yeah, I mean, I think there's matchups that I definitely want to see more than anything, though, Alan. Like. I saw just about everything in the toolbox that I wanted to see last week as far as running game being diverse and passing game implementing some new concepts or more consistent concepts, I should say, and also getting more players involved, which I thought was great. I just want to see consistency, right? Like let's stack good weeks on good weeks on good weeks. And then Notre Dame's going to be a pretty dang good offense at the, by, by the end of the stretch of the season, because you're going to have, a bunch of different players that are feeling confidence going in the final stretch of the season. So I just want to see consistency offensively, man, like run game diversity. I had a big check in week one quarterback play. I had a big check offensive playmakers. I had a check just in general offensive line check. Now let's build on that and let's continue the consistency. If you can, I think Notre Dame has a chance to be a really good offense in this season in general. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. We have another super chat down here, Ryan. Thank you, Alan, again for yours. And here's Tyler's. Uh, Tyler just says, look, I see trust in this t- in the team this year. I, I agree with you, Tyler. The question that Ryan and I got to earlier is it's got to be a a consistent thing, right? Right. That's what we want to see is we want to see that consistency from week to week. And Tyler, thank you very much for your super chat. Chief Brody with the super chat as well. Thank you, Chief. If this were a Brian Kelly team, do you think I'm right by saying the season would likely look like Lose close to Ohio State, beat USC, and then blow out by blown out by Clemson ten and two. No, I, I, I no, I don't think that. I think the ten and two would be accurate, Ryan. But I, I don't think that. You know, I don't think that we would see them get blown out. Look, I know that the Miami game was a blowout, but if you look at Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame, that blowout was. Uh, and a, a bit of an anomaly for Brian Kelly's later teams because, I mean, usually in the regular season, they would – and, Ryan, before you do what I just text you to do, I, did, I do want to get your answer to this particular question. Brian Kelly's teams would lose in the regular season, but they didn't often get blown out. I know the Miami game is the one that sticks in all of our crawls, but it that wasn't the norm. You know, they, they might lose by 10. They might – but you you go back to like the the Oak, the Stanford game in 2010. But like in the big games, they would lose them all, but they didn't often get blown out. Like Michigan was a bit of an anomaly, but it was more like the Georgia games, you know, the Oklahoma game in 2013, where they, it was they lost by 14, but you know they had the ball with a chance to tie it in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was right. usually games like that. There was the occasional blowout, but and then when you when you look at Clemson look all I can do is go off history and Brian Kelly's only trip to Clemson was a two point loss so you know i do i think the record would be the same uh, yeah it, honestly Ryan if they were going to get blown out by anybody it'd be ohio state just because that's the kind of team Brian Kelly just didn't get up for his teams didn't get sure. up for they beat USC they might even beat Clemson although you know i mean cuz look they they wanted Oklahoma in 2012. So the other reason I don't necessarily agree, agree with this premise is this is a really talented team, like a really talented team. What I would say is, is if Brian Kelly was coaching this same team, it it would have a very high floor because you're, you know, you're going to beat 10 teams. You're not going to go 0 and 3 against the best teams in your schedule. You're going to minimum be a 10 win team. We would just know the floor's not aside. And the other part, Ryan, is if Brian Kelly's still the head coach, some of the young talent on the roster that we're excited about isn't on the roster. Sure. Uh, Jeremiah Love's not Notre Dame. Uh, he's not. Jaden Osbury is not at Notre Dame. Jaden yeah. Greathouse isn't at Notre Dame, right? Rico yeah. Flores isn't at Notre Dame. Braylon James isn't at Notre Dame. There's a lot of those guys that aren't at Notre Dame because Marcus Freeman would have probably left after 2021 if we're being honest about it. So, no, that that would be the bigger issue, not so much the uh, the other part. That's my two cents on that one. <laughs> 
Well, I, I don't, I think that the results chief, I think I agree with Brian. I think it might've just looked a little bit different than how you laid out, but I think that your overall encompassing though is 10 and two sounds about right to me. I mean, it, it does. I mean, I, I think that the, yes, the results compared to postseason versus regular season games against some of these bigger opponents was a little bit different under BK, but at the end of it, would I have felt confident that Notre Dame could win two out of two out of three against USC, Ohio State, and Clemson with Brian Kelly? The answer is no. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. felt confident. I feel more confident that Notre Dame is going to come to play against those teams with the current ske- or the current coaching staff that they have now. Now they have to go out and prove me right that you know profit a little bit there, but I really think that this is just a little bit of a different scenario than a typical Brian Kelly year. So. Yeah. Next question is from Iris Gordian Not I know a lot of people are going to be upset that we are playing an FCS team, and I was angry when I first heard about it, but now I'm over it. I don't see the point in getting upset about an inevitability. I, I'm with you. Uh, look, I expressed my opinion on it when it first started, when it first happened. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. It's not what I would have done. I kind of like the fact that Notre Dame uh, never played an FCS opponent. I think that's a smart thing i i don't think there's a natural fcf opponent for notre dame to play that would make sense unless you're going to play like dayton or georgetown you know because you know dayton's a i think a, i think a catholic school or jesuit school or something like that i think i could be wrong on that but i just i don't know i i express my opinion and now there's nothing i can do about it so no i'm not going to spend all week hammering that this shouldn't be happening it is and so we're going to focus on the analysis. My opinion hasn't changed. If you were to say, would you rather have play, be playing Tennessee State this weekend or would you rather be playing Ball State? I'd say I'd rather be playing Ball State, a team like that. I, I just, I'd rather be playing like Northwestern or somebody like that in week two, a, a, an inferior opponent that you can kind of get right and get healthy against, but not necessarily this kind of inferior opponent. So no, I I'm not happy about it. And, but again, to your point, Irish Gordy, not, I think you nailed it that I don't see the point in getting upset about it. I, I, I don't. So it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Ryan, you, you have some thoughts on this. I know you, you saw the question. Um, I actually wasn't paying attention. To oh, it's just about, you know, <laughs> the people being upset, still being upset that they're playing an FCS opponent you know, and, and being angry about it when it first happened. But now it's just like, look, it, 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 we've had a lot of time to get ready for it. It's, it's move on. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but it's here. Let's talk about the game and let's, sure. you know, let's talk about this learning football. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's old issue at this point. Like, I mean, this is the reality we're living in. So would I have liked it to be a better FCS school? I, I think that that's a conversation that we could have had. Irish Gordy, not for me. Right. Is that I, <sighs> I want to play a team that I think for me, like I look at and say that that's more of a test for Notre Dame, because at the end of the day, man, like you're going to be judged by what your end result is, what the end record is. But is anybody really going to get juiced up for the fact that Notre Dame is playing against Tennessee state from a national perspective or from just a, I mean, general fan perspective, like the diehards are always going to watch and always going to love it. Right. right. But like does Tennessee state elicit some like feelings of like, yeah, let's go. Let's beat this team. Like it just doesn't, right? So I think the different FCS team might have been a different conversation for me. But at the end of the day, this is the schedule that it is. It's a very hard schedule outside of this FCS opponent. Right. Let's win and then move on to a much tougher tougher test next week against right. NC State. Right. I got some super ch- some more super chats down here. Tyler Evans. 
Tyler says, Michigan's offensive coordinator suspended. What is going on at Michigan? And I saw Kyle McCord named Ohio State's quarterback one. Well, he, they did say, we're going to Ohio State. They also said Devin Brown would play. What I'm curious about, Ryan, is, is this Ohio State doing with their quarterbacks what Michigan did last year? They're going to you know, does, does Kyle McCord start the opener? And then do they give Devin Brown game two? Is he just going to kind of come in and play, see how he does, and then make that decision? I, yeah. I don't know. But uh, it, it, I'm not shocked that Kyle McCord is starting the first game. I'm not. And honestly, if you're if it's close, they should go with Kyle McCord. Here's the deal. If you go with the younger guy and he falters and you put Kyle McCord back in, the odds are you're, you're losing Devin Brown. Not so much transfer-wise, but just mentally. You can really shake a kid like that when you have to bench him in that regard. Maybe he plays well and it's great, but then if he plays well and he's great, well, then you potentially lose Kyle McCord. You play the veteran if it's close, and then if the veteran isn't giving you what you need, then you turn to the young guy. And then there's less pressure now on the young guy who's never played. That's kind of how I've always looked at it, if it's close. If one, if if Devin Brown, for example, was definitely better than Kyle McCord, then you play the better guy. I mean, you, you just do. But if it's close, I, I always kind of err on the guy that's done it before. And it's not like Devin or Kyle McCord, some bum with no ability. I mean, he was the top under recruit coming to high school as well, and he's got some skill. I think Devin Brown's got more athleticism, certainly. But Kyle McCord's going to run that offense just fine, in my opinion. I wonder, uh, I mean, did uh, the good old Ryan Day announce who's calling the offense for the first game? I know, right? That's still up in Seriously. the air, like, Something yeah. we're not talking about for some reason. I know that's something that's really bothered you, and I completely get it. It's just well, like, it's just, it's just it's like, just, I, I don't know. Like, a yeah. quarterback battle is one thing, but like, are we having an offensive coordinator battle right now? Like, right. I don't understand this conversation. Right. Like, also, like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like too many voices in a room. Like, if I'm a quarterback, if I'm Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Brian Hartline in one direction. I'm looking at Ryan Day in the other. And like, am I certain who's going to be calling the offensive plays to start the day? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's a really weird dynamic to me. Really strange. Yeah. Michigan offense coordinator suspended. I mean, you know, is that, whatever. is that, is that, does that have to do with the same thing that happened with Harbaugh? Is it all part sure. of the same thing it was for recruiting violations, which I think is comical yeah. that yeah. Michigan is the team. The NCAA is kind of going after for recruiting violations. So it's let, let's, yeah. let's just ignore everything happening in the sec and in the big 12 and all this and with usc and i mean jordan addison's out there you know in la looking for places to say before he even jumps in the portal let's not let's ignore that but let's hammer michigan for you know buying cheeseburgers and then not being forthcoming about it like so stupid it's just so dumb um and look I, i would gladly take any shot i could at going after michigan Look, Harbaugh was silly to not be honest about it, right? I mean, that was dumb. And and he continues to be just the king of just these type of just dumb comments, you know, and and um he just his most recent comments are just dumb. But it's just kind of like, but we're really this is what we're this is what we're upset about. This is what we're gonna hammer people for is this, right? Like, come on, guys. It's ridiculous. Like, what, what do you expect when you eat so many boogers, you know? I know. You just say stupid things all there the time. There you go. There you go again. <laughs> Jim Halloran didn't want to leave you out, Ryan. So Jim got one oh, for you. Thank so you, thank you, Jim. Thank you thank very, you, very much. 
Alan Watson with the super chat who says, I was impressed by the play calling for from the first time coordinator and play caller. I am closer to Forrest Gump than I am to Lou Holtz, but even I knew what we were going to run last year. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I get that. Clemson knew too, and it didn't matter. You know, it really didn't matter. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We had a question from David Lowe. What's up, David? How can 247 claim Notre Dame is one of the 10 biggest brands in college football? Our fan base reaches other country. Wait, is not. not. And oh, wow. How can 247 claim Notre Dame is not one of the 10 biggest brands in college football? Our fan base reaches other countries. No way Oklahoma and Oregon have bigger brands. I, I don't know that they said that. I didn't I didn't hear it. I didn't read it. That's one of the most ignorant it, things. It, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> but David, here's the thing, man. This is the same outlet who will make a ranking that you'll allow to impact your view of a recruit. I just want to throw that out there. If they rank a kid as a three-star and he commits to Notre Dame, you will have questions about how good that kid is. And yet they consistently write crap like this. If this in fact happened, I don't know that it did. I didn't read it. But if this is true, a true representation of what they wrote, yeah, this is par for the course for 247. Why are you surprised? It's clickbait material. But it should also make you think twice about the value you put in their recruiting rankings. I'm just going to say that. You can't have both. You can't say this is a dumb article. They don't know what they're talking about. But yeah, they're really good at ranking players. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's the same people, basically. It's the it's same, same company with the same standard. So I just would encourage you to maybe think about that when you start flipping out about where Notre Dame, because, you know, yesterday David's complaining about the Notre Dame stat. I'm in the chat. I'm, you know, Ryan's doing the show and, and I'm in there trying to start some things. And David's complaining about, you know, the, the, the defensive class. Well, the only reason he's complaining about the defensive class is where people like this have them ranked. Yeah. David, did we talk about how Bodie Cahoon had 17 total tackles this yeah. past week, man? Can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I'll even say this, right. Brian. I don't know if you've seen much of him, but like the first two games, hey, Brown Betty Powell looks a lot better than I anticipated yeah. so far. I mean, he looks Dude, pretty they good all to look, me, I mean, so. Logan yeah. Thomas has been really oh, athletic. Been Bryce Davis is or Bryce uh, Young looks phenomenal. Um you know, uh, yeah, Leonard Moore's a dude. Um, yeah, it, Kingston. I mean, he's looked yeah. great the first two games. Yeah, but no, I'm 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 not trying to come down to you too hard, David. But I'm just saying, like, but this is par for the course for them. If this is in fact what they said, it's par for the course, man. Like, this is what they do. I just what I get is what I don't understand is why we as fans get worked up about stuff that we just we just know who they are. Is so yeah. it's one thing to talk about it, but how can they do that? Because it because here's why here's why they do that. Because they know people like you, and I mean this with all due respect, will get upset about it and we'll share it with other Notre Dame fans and other teams that were left out, and then they'll keep clicking on it to look at it so they can get enraged by it. It's a grift. It, it Dude, is that's all politics. Uh, that, that's all that political coverage is now. It's what sports coverage is now. Like I'm watching Richard Sherman and Michael Irvin like just screaming at each other, talking about how to prop the catch. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't grown-up stuff. This is, but this is what this is what sells now, apparently, and that's yeah. what two four seven does because they know the rage machine will get going, <laughs> and it doesn't really matter about the legitimacy of the analysis. These sites just like to put silly things out there. They'll lie about people, right? We've seen that, right? We are experiencing that right now. They'll just lie about something, but it gets some clicks. 
And that's all that they care about. They don't care about integrity and doing a good job and honest analysis. They care about X number of people are going to click on this and we're going to make money. And I don't want to grow that way. You know, like people say, well, you, you should be happy about what's going on with you guys right now. Why? Why? I don't want to grow that way. You know, it's like, it's just, it's silly. But that's who 247 is, guys. So I don't understand why you put value on what they say about this, what they say about recruits or anything else. You shouldn't. I don't. I just I just wouldn't value that particular headline if that's exactly what they said, David, because like even, even Ohio State fans or USC fans or whoever else was on that list that hate Notre Dame, they know that that's not true either. Right. Like even they would be like, right. yeah, Notre Dame's a big brand. Right. Like we still we got a, beat them on the field, but like we got an LSU fans. fan, Ryan, right here, insured yeah. by big LSU fan in the chat. So glad I bet my futures on Notre Dame. The national media is finally seeing the potential, plus Notre Dame will crush USC this year, right? I mean but here's the deal. I mean, it's just, it's going to get clicks. People are going to click on it and it's going to create conversation and narratives. And that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Cause either people are going to click that hate Notre Dame or the Notre Dame fans that love Notre Dame are going to click it. Cause they're going to be like, that's stupid. That's idiotic. Yeah. And right. Yeah. It's going to drive emotions yeah. on both sides. It's a grift. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm going to read this one, Ryan. Cause I want to get your opinion. Domer Gris says, what was the least surprising aspect of the Navy game for you? For me, it was Hartman. He was he was what we brought him here to be. Happy to see it. I think Sam Hartman was probably a top two, one for me, Domer Grizz. I mean, him and Joe Alt were the two that I was just like, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I literally wrote in a, re- a recap, um, or actually not even a recap. I'm doing a little bit of a, kind of a matchup article for Tennessee State this week, and I kind of recapped what the offensive line looked like last year, and it was like pretty simple of like, Joe Walt was Joe Walt, you know, like the, the, the proven commodities were still the proven commodities. Joe Walt was the, I, I think going into this past game, Joe Walt was the one guy just from an individual perspective. I was like, I expect Joe Walt to be a guy obviously. Right. And then, but Sam Hartman was probably a close one. Like what Sam Hartman showed me game one is exactly what I expected him to be against Navy. Yeah. Exactly what I expect him to be. Create some big plays be more consistent with the football and make good decisions. And that's what Sam Hartman did. So he was a close second probably to Joe Walt, but Joe Walt was like the, he's the most known commodity on this roster for me. Like I just expect Joe Walt to be good every single week. Right. Most weeks. I mean, that's just kind of where we are. Got another super chat down here from Todd Brammy. Todd Brammy says, going to my first Notre Dame game September 23rd for my 21st birthday. That's awesome. And went to my first NFL game for my 16th birthday with my dad for both. What are y'all favorite sports memories with your parents or dad in general? Ryan, growing up, we would go to a lot of Cincinnati Reds games. And I remember those. And a lot of times we'd get to take a friend, you know, and, uh, you know, so we'd we'd go down there. But I just remember a lot of those. My dad and I were talking – the other day about, day about one of our memories after one of the Reds games we went to, they opened it up and you could go down there and get autographs. And he and I were just somehow we remember going down there on that AstroTurf. And if you remember back those, they had those cookie cutter stadiums. Like, I mean, you're familiar with one, I'm sure, uh, you know, they had the one in Philadelphia and then the one in Pittsburgh and then the one in Cincinnati, you know, three rivers and riverfront and all that other, all, the vet and all that. The vet. Yeah. And I remember walking on that turf and I'm like, you thought you were thought you were walking on a sidewalk, like a concrete sidewalk. I mean, it was hard. I mean, how do guys play sports on this? You know, <laughs> and it was really hot as well, but just those memories of my dad growing up, you know, just thinking of, 
dad and I listening to, because you remember back when I was a kid, this way before Ryan's, you know, probably, I don't know if it was like this for you, but for me, growing up, the Reds weren't on TV a lot, even in Ohio. You, we always listen to games. They were on on the weekends, but we'd listen to games, you know, on 700 WLW and taking box score. And dad and I listen to games together and stuff like that. And, and those are always my memories of just, just things like that. Just, just doing family things. And of course, I'll never forget the first time he and I went to a game together, a Notre Dame game together it was 2007. We went to the Notre Dame USC game. And I've shared this one before too. Um, you know, obviously I had a great one with my wife in 07 as well. Later that year, uh, my wife and I went to the Duke game and, together. And so I'll always have that as well. But yeah, just just all those things. But most of my favorite sports managers, my dad were, were my dad umpired high school baseball when I was a kid. And just being in the car going to and from the game with him and just, you know, talking sports and talking baseball and watching him do that. My dad took it real seriously, too. Like, he always made sure his shirt was ironed and, you know, had shined his shoes and all that kind of stuff. He really enjoyed that. But, uh, yeah, just – I think for kids, it's just – it's just the, – the, like, do I, I don't remember, like, a lot of games. I do remember one time a Cincinnati Reds pitcher got stung by a bee on the mound when we were while we were there. And he got – there's apparently some like hive thing broke out and he got stung by a bee, but uh, I don't really remember a lot of the games. I just remember being with my dad and being with my, my mom and dad and just enjoying those memories. I'll, I'll, I couldn't tell you anything about whether or not the Reds won or lost games. I just remember being with my dad and, and just enjoying those memories. So those are, those are the ones for me. Yeah, I mean, a couple of the sports memories of my dad is the first game we ever went to was actually a college game. It was Temple against Virginia Tech. It was Michael Vick, Virginia Tech back mm-hmm. then. And I remember going to that game. I remember that for Notre Dame, the Temple was actually playing Virginia Tech really tough in the first half. And then the game ended like 62 to 6 or something like that. Virginia Tech won. So it was not a pretty football game. The best moment I probably have ever had with my dad at a sporting event, though, was uh, my first Notre Dame game was actually with my wife. We we took the trip to South Bend. But then my dad went with me, I think, in like 2019, I believe, if I remember correctly, was the first game. And I just remember like seeing my dad just kind of walk around Notre Dame for, for the first time because he had never been to South Bend before. That was the first time ever. And he's been a Notre Dame fan his entire life, and he never got a chance to go to South Bend. So like that was kind of cool just watching him just kind of be there, you know, kind of – do the grotto and and see the golden dome for the first time and see touchdown Jesus and like all that stuff. So that was really cool. My my thing that me and my mom have in common the most is our NFL allegiance. We're both diehard diehard Rams fans. It was St. Louis, obviously now it's LA, but I remember the Rams winning the Super Bowl in the 99 season, the 2000 with Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf. My mom was a Notre Dame was a Rams fan since the 70s so like she had never seen a championship you know with her team and seeing that great show when the Super Bowl there was pretty awesome pretty well Ryan what's the connection there is she from the is she from St. Louis no she uh she thought Vince Ferragamo was really cute growing up and that was that was <laughs> there it. you go there yeah you go. quarterback awesome. for the Rams when he went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers in like the late 70s he thought he was really cute so Archer Archer will appreciate this one Ryan the first college yep. football game I ever went to was was an Ohio State game with my dad it was in 1989 it was Ohio State and Wisconsin I think it was 89 in uh in Columbus because obviously we were close to Columbus, but my, my dentist, who was also my, I went to, his son was in my grade, uh, David Flack and his, uh, he was also our fifth grade basketball coach, but he had season tickets to Ohio state. And 
he wasn't going to this one particular game again. And this was be- right before Barry Alvarez got hired, so they were bad. I mean, they were terrible, Wisconsin was. But he gave me tickets to uh, to that. Me and my dad went. I remember having like – you remember those like really hot mugs like that you know, truck drivers would have and stuff like that? My mom got us one of those with hot cocoa because it was really cold. It was like late in the year. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But I always Big remember fun. that. Yeah, yeah, so you Ohio State fans, there you go. My first college football game was – was to an Ohio State game, so and there you then, go. Then he learned about good football. So then exactly right. <laughs> no, I was still I was a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. I had already been a Notre Dame fan, but yeah, we just never, we never went to one of those. We had a question from Rob Osgood. What's up, Rob? Next steps for Notre Dame. The upcoming game, I would love to see the starters for a half, and then the young guys in the second half. Depth is key, and those live game reps will pay off. Your opinion? Talk about that a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. There's validity to it. Rob, I don't think you sacrifice the rep star, starters reps if there's not playing good football, though, right? Like in your – I think in your theory, it's like Notre Dame starters ball out for a half, dominate. They're up like 40, 49 to nothing, right? And then it's like second half, young guys go after it, right? And like if that happens, be very, very up for that one. There's no doubt. It's like creating depth is big – is a big key, I think, for the next – for this next game especially. Yeah, agree. We had David Lowe. What's up, David? He said, so is it true? He said, it is true. He's saying it is true. So it is true. Tommy Reach tried talking Sam Hartman, taking Sam Hartman with him to Alabama. He just said Bama reached out to him along with Auburn and Florida. This is That's that's not accurate, David. He said that Bama reached out amongst other teams. That was before he picked Notre Dame. Yes. He did not say that after he came to Notre Dame, Bama tried to get him to go to Alabama. That's not what he said. He said – he was talking about Bama as something that was an early option, you know, early interest at the very beginning. So look, I know that we like to just kick Tommy Reese and talk trash about Tommy Reese and all that kind of stuff. Tommy Reese did not try to get Sam Hartman to go with him. He couldn't get him to go. He was already at Notre Dame. That's So that just wasn't going to happen. And so I can assure you that, that, Tommy Reese's goal was for Tyler Buckner to go there to add competition to that room, not to get Sam Hartman. That ship has, had already sailed. So I, I look, there are plenty of things that we can rightly be critical of Tommy Reese for. Let's not invent stuff. That's not what was said. And I would say it too, Brian, if, if it was the way that David was portraying it, it would be a much bigger conversation right now because that means that all those schools would have tampered with Sam Correct. Hartman while he was already a part of the Notre Dame football Correct. team. And that would have been a much bigger story. Right. And that's not what he was saying. Right. It's not what he was saying. We had Berkey03 who says, who or how do you see Notre Dame replacing Gabriel Rubio with? Well, number one, I think you'll see Jason Onye uh, play a little cool. bit of both. Yeah. Uh, another guy that I think we'll see a little bit more of this week is Donovan Heinish. I think that's something that we'll see a little bit more of. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of Aiden Kanaana. And I'm hoping in the second half we get a chance to see a little bit of Tyson Ford if he's playing inside. I don't know if he's even playing inside now. Maybe some but Devin Houston if he's Yeah, be nice. Maybe, be nice. Yeah. I th- but I think we'll see. Like If Notre Dame does what they're supposed to do, I think they're going to empty the bench in the fourth quarter of this game. Get all those freshmen they playing. Time. We'll see Bubakar. We'll see Armel Mukum. We'll see all those guys. Because this is one of those, yeah. I want to see Armel running yeah. around, man. This is one of those <laughs> games that you kind of check a box. You know, you get all you yeah. you anticipate before the season as you this plan out your red shirt strategy. This yeah. is one of those games we know we're going to get some kids in there. Agree. Yeah, that Agreed. that so you, you plan on that one. Yep. 
We had Jacob Hayden who said, with this being a lower level opponent, is it frowned upon for them to come out and take shots downfield and take advantage of the mismatches? No, 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 <laughs> no. Play now, ball, man. Ryan, if, if it's 45 to nothing at halftime and you come out with your starters and you run four verts the first, okay, guys, you've proven your point, right? It, you know, but early on, no, you run your offense. I mean, we're, this isn't we're like, also not playing like a, this isn't like a Notre Dame versus a D3 school, by the way, as well, right? It's like right. if Tobias Merriweather's taking a shot against Bryce Phillips, like that's a good matchup like that's right. their best player you know Look, what i mean like ryan yeah. th- this isn't an 18 year old playing basketball with his five-year-old brother right, right. like th- th- this is a these are scholarship football players they it's signed up players. to play this game you go play yeah. the game what i don't want to see is them coming out in the second half with the start now notice i said starters if you come out in the second half and you've got your twos in and you want to run your offense and that includes taking some shots take your shots Right. There's there's playing football and then there's just purposely trying to humiliate an opponent. I'm not a big fan of the humiliation. Don't put your backups in there and run a reverse throwback, you know, type of thing. Right. Don't throw a screen and then he pulls up and throw. What are we doing? You're not going to do that against Ohio State. So what are you doing that now with your number twos against Tennessee State? But when Steve Angeli gets in the game, do I want to see Steve Angeli running the offense? Yes. Does that mean throwing the football on first down? Absolutely. Well, you, you've got to get that kid some experience. He's practicing hard. He's doing what he needs to do. If Kenny Minchie gets in the game, same thing. Yeah, you know those old linemen deserve a chance to get to pass block. Braylon James deserves a chance to get the ball thrown to him if he's getting in there in the second half. Rico Flores, those guys. So, yeah, I'm a big believer that you run your offense. You put your number twos in the game and you ask them and you let them run the offense. There, there are lines you can cross. But just running your core offense, including throwing the football, is not. And even if you want to take a shot, somebody will tell, hey, Steve, even if the guy's open and the read tells you to go deep, don't go deep. No, that's that's no, you don't do that. I just say you're not purposely trying to humiliate a team. Having Sam Hartman out there when it's 45 to nothing in the third quarter running four verts, throwing bombs. It's I'm sorry. That's not that's, you know, running trick plays that that's, that's running it up. That's humiliating a team, just running your offense. Our job is to run our offense. Your job is to stop it. Right. I put my backups in. What else you want me to do? All right. But if it's 14, nothing, Notre Dame is leading with six minutes left in the first quarter. Like you can still take a shot. Like you still have the whole, right. You want to run a trick play there. Fine. Go for it. It's, it's your ones versus their ones early in the game. You know, you want to give Ohio state NC state something to think about. That's fine. But you don't put your backups in to do exactly Ryan. Uh, it could be 21 to nothing in the first quarter and or second quarter you're you're running your offense you're running your offense until you take your starters out and then you're still running your offense with your number twos and yes. if you're going to come up and play number one guess what i'm throwing the ball down the field that's what i'm doing that's my offense like i've never i've never like you'll hear coaches complain about well oh, why are they throwing the ball in the fourth quarter you were had nine in the box sure you don't want them to do. throw the ball on you. Don't put nine in the box to stop the run. Like right. it's not right. that hard. So yeah. yeah, it's always been kind of funny. You had another question from Andre Tonsil. What's up, Andre? Thank you for your insight into the Navy game. I look forward to the next 12 to 15 weeks of your preparation. To help us understand what we can expect. Thank you. Go IB. Go Irish Nation. Thank you, Andre. Appreciate that. I'm looking forward to that as well. As well, I'm, I'm hoping we get a. I'm hoping we have 13 more games to cover, including this one. That's my. Uh, that's my hope. Would be incredible. Would <laughs> yes, be it incredible. would. Incredible. 
Connor Laws says, I still think the Sam Hartman doubts were valid for the most part. Completely different offense, but after week one, it should put a lot of the rest with the performance he had in a pro-style offense. I don't I don't agree with either one of those. Here's the deal. If you had that significant of doubts, one game against Navy, who had one of the worst pass defenses in college football last year, should not answer your questions. Sure. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna say the first part, then you can't look at a game against Navy who drew pine. Hey, reminder, folks, uh, last year when Notre Dame played Navy, Drew Pine threw for more yards than Sam Hartman threw for against Navy and threw for the same amount of touchdowns, I believe, as Sam Hartman did against Navy. I don't think I'm saying anything out of line here, Ryan. That's, I believe, a factual statement. So you're talking about a team now. We had a lot of respect for Navy's pass or rush defense. And that was, to me, the most impressive part of what we saw on Saturday. Now, I'm not saying Drew Pine played as well as Sam Hartman. He didn't, but he threw for 269 yards and four touchdowns. Notre Dame had 35 points at halftime again in the game last year. Yep. Right? So th- what what does that tell us? That, okay, Drew Pine can shred a bad Navy pass defense as well. I don't think that should have put anything to rest if you had doubts about Sam Hartman coming in. If you thought he was pretty good, then you should be confirmed by it. The other part is, I don't think doubts about Sam Hartman are what people should have, were what were valid. The guy has had 12,967 passing yards and 110 touchdowns in a power five offense. And this notion that it was a completely different offense, it wasn't. It was a different offense. He wasn't running the triple option. He wasn't running, you know, this really, you know, oop-de-oop. You know what I mean? Like he's not doing that. They had different techniques of how that mesh would impact it. But a lot of the past concepts that they were throwing were similar and some different things. There were some technical things he needed to change, but he wasn't changing how he reads a defense. He wasn't changing the formations he's going to line up. And he wasn't, you know, changing as much as I think people were making it out to be. That's why I didn't think there was going to be that big of a transition. I just wanted to see him work out some of the technical stuff that would kind of, and Marcus Freeman talked about this after the game. Like, you know, we needed to work out some of the, you know, Sam would still kind of ride that mesh into the line in the spring game and, and all that. And you're trying to work some of that stuff out of him. But look, the, the, the balls he was throwing on Saturday that he hit on Saturday, guys, I can show you Wake Forest film where he hit every single one of those throws at Wake Forest. He's just doing it. He's getting to it differently now from a footwork and a, and a, a formational standpoint. He's doing it under center now. That's a difference. That's a that To me, that's the big thing is, Ryan, we saw Sam Hartman get under center, run a play-action pass, and throw a touchdown pass. Right. All right, cool. We also saw him go under center and be late getting a ball downfield for what should have been another touchdown pass. That's going to be part of the evolution, but I don't think it's this way different offense uh, from, uh, from what they ran before. I don't think it's that dramatic. The, the only thing that I was curious about seeing was his comfort under center because that was something yeah. that he wasn't really asked to do at Wake Forest. Cool. I hated that headline. It was like a week before the game. People were like, oh, people – like it was like these anonymous coaches around college football that are like, oh, we don't know what Sam Hartman's going to look like in that type of offense. So like, stupid. What are we doing, man? Like what are so we doing? Stupid. <laughs> Connor, you're, I'm not like, saying that about your question. I'm responding okay. to specifically the That's thing terrible. from on ESPN with like, we don't know that he can drop back and throw the football. That was the stupid comment. That's not what Connor yeah. said. But no. I'm res- that ESPN article, we don't know that he can drop back and throw. I'm like, guys, I could throw you, I could show you 50 touchdown passes in his career where he dropped back. Like they have this thing like every throw was like off of the slow mesh and then a quick throw off of it. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, guys, yeah, he did some of that, but there was plenty of throws where Sam Hartman was dropping back, 
and throwing dimes down the field. I mean, I, I actually started to put a highlight tip together, and I was like eight plays in and two games, and I was like, dude, this is such a waste of my time. It's a stupid comment, you know. And I don't, I'd watch, I'd done BC and Florida State. That's it. That's all I'd broken down. And I wasn't even done with the Florida State game yet, Ryan. And I had like eight plays of just like dimes that he had thrown out of just catch, drop, read, throw. Right. So I just felt that that stuff was overplayed, in my opinion. Sure was. I really did. Sure was. We had it's a good day because I'm not BK. That's a great name. Mailbag, would you rather have Notre Dame schedule a top-level FCS team or a bottom feeder FBS team? It depends on what your purpose is of the game. If your purpose is we're trying to kind of schedule a W during a part of the season where it's a get-right game, we know we're going to get some depth guys in, then I'd rather play a bottom feeder FBS team over most FCS teams. If I'm looking to be challenged, for example, Notre Dame would learn a lot more about themselves, in my opinion, if they played North Dakota State in two weeks than Central Michigan. Sure. They would learn a lot more about themselves in 2019 if they'd have played North Dakota State instead of Bowling Green or New Mexico. Right? I mean, North Dakota State's got wins in recent years over Iowa, Kansas State. I mean, we've seen James Madison before they jumped up. James Madison goes from FCS to D1 and goes 8-3 and three in their first year at the FCS level. Some of those teams would be solid top 50 caliber p- Power 5 teams, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, if you're trying to be challenged, I honestly think that you might be better off there because some of those teams are going to be really well coached. The talent yep. may not be elite, but they're really well coached. And they have enough elite talent where, you know, App State going and beating Michigan several years ago. So that was during a period of time where App State was winning championships consistently at the FCS level, right? Didn't they have two back then right around that time, so, Ryan? Yeah. You know, yeah. so with Armani Edwards as yeah. quarterback. Oh, yeah. yeah. That team is going to challenge you a lot more than Bowling Green was going to before urban, you know, be, you know, other than the urban years, right? It so it depends on what you're looking for. If I'm looking for an easy W, give me bowling green, give me some bottom feeding FBS team as opposed to a good FCS team. Sure. That's and, and now if the question was, Ryan, would you rather play a bottom feeder FBS team or, or a team FBS, like Tennessee yes, State? Yeah. Right. What my answer would be I'd rather play a bad Mac team than play Tennessee state. Just if it was up to me. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I think the conversation actually is more like, would you rather play a bad FCS team or a better FCS team? Right? Like that's my right. biggest thing is if we're playing an FCS team, one. I would rather them play a little bit better for a team. I'm not saying North Dakota state yeah. necessarily, but I'm saying like, you know, Ohio state's playing Youngstown next week. Right. Like that's, North, that's Northern, an example. I- Northern Iowa, right. like someone good, you know, like right. it's still a good team. I mean, right. Uh, even a Jacksonville or State before they moved up this play year, a local like, one. something like that. Yeah, they at least have some sort of local connection, Indiana State. Hey, you're playing an in-state school. Yeah. Uh, that would be the only other exception to it. But, yeah, like I wouldn't want Notre Dame to play like Eastern Illinois. They're terrible. Yeah. Like what are you going to get out of that game? Nothing. Not like you're literally better doing an inter-squad scrimmage. Seriously. Yeah. Or go out and Sorry. play one of the pioneer pioneer league teams yeah. that um they don't even have scholarships for the yeah players. Valpo like, right yeah exactly exactly.